See, Ak, and you say Jono doesn't do any research for the show. <laughs> Real-time research. I just did yeah. some right there. You <laughs> saw me do live research on the show. I believe I believe the phrase you're looking for is not real-time. It's just-in-time research. Hello and welcome to Bad Voltage. This is season three, episode 27. Our season episode count thing is not very consistent. What did, how many did we, did we do for episode uh, for season two? Like 60 episodes, something like that. That I'm not sure about. Genuinely do not remember. Just so everybody knows, the, only, the reason why we change the seasons is when we have a new idea. Like that's that's when we decide to kick off a brand new season. So anyway, welcome. It is arbitrary and capricious for sure. <laughs> I am here with my compadres, Mr. Stuart Ian Langridge, and of course, Mr. Jeremy Sophia Garcia. Um, how are you guys doing? It rhymes. That's lovely. <laughs> is it lovely? I, that, that was, that was, <laughs> um, it is now. I I got to go to the pub for the first time in. What was it like? Nearly 12, but freezing, because you have to sit outside still, and it's April in England. But nonetheless, <laughs> nonetheless... You had a good time? It was great. Just the idea of being, you know, semi-near other people. It's all very um, sort of socially distanced with separate tables and so on. You can't have more than six people at a table and stuff. But yeah. just being in an environment where you can hear other people talking about stuff. I'd forgotten yeah. how much I'd missed that experience. Well, there's such a pub culture in England as well, right? That there is. It's it, it isn't just like it isn't just going for a drink at a restaurant. It is genuinely where people yeah. go and spend time and hang out and This is honestly and- the first time in twelve months I've been able to have a beer in my hand and not go, Can you hear me? What about now? <laughs> <laughs> so in- inquiring minds want to know. First pub in, in almost a year, over a year, which pub did you choose? I chose Pure Bar for three reasons. First of all, it's really close to my flat. Secondly, um, they, <laughs> they have tables outside and not everybody has and not everyone is open yet for exactly that reason because you've got to uh, get an outdoor license to do it. Yeah. And so on. Uh, okay. And thirdly, because they do good beer. That sounds like reasonable yeah reasonable reasons yes. <laughs> uh yeah cool. we actually ate in a restaurant recently huh. um goodness inside did you have a big mac or the full happy meal <laughs> what was very unusual was somebody bringing me a cocktail which hasn't happened oh that sounds nice yeah it was very nice um and i'd also forgotten what it was like for the first like 10 minutes and then i was like oh used to do this all the time <laughs> <laughs> so anyway Let's talk about news. We haven't done news very much recently. Um, we've been doing a lot of big meaty topics. Yeah. So we thought, um, let's do a whole show of news because, uh, you know, there's lots to talk about. And not only are we doing a whole show of news, but we actually went and updated the news. So we're not talking about things from two and a half months ago. <laughs> we had an alarming <laughs> amount of news piled up in that. So we went to cover just a couple news items for the last few shows. And the topic just got long enough that we didn't. So there were some quite yeah. old, old things in there. Yeah. 
Yeah, we'd always say before we started recording, why don't we do the segment? We'll see how long it is, and then we'll do the news if we've got time. Yes. And never, ever had time for the news. Which is disappointing, because now you don't get to find out that apparently someone has built this weird monolith thing in the desert. So... <laughs> <laughs> Exactly. So why did I kick us off? Um, so one thing I was um, amused to see is that, uh, so recently, um, I'm not amused by this bit, but recently Prince Philip died, right? He'd been in hospital. He was 99 years old, so not a bad innings, um, but he died. And um, apparently it broke a uh, complaints record in the UK for TV complaints. Um at least 110,000, just under 111,000 people contacted the BBC to express their displeasure at the decision to turn off most of the corporation's TV channels and radio stations because of just consistent rolling tributes to Prince Philip. Apparently, such important shows like EastEnders and MasterChef were replaced with royal tributes, and this kind of irritated people. What I love about this story is two things. One is that it brings back memories of infuriating levels of royal tributes like i remember when princess diana died there was nothing but royal tributes on tv and everybody got sick of it right and it was very sad what happened but everyone got sick of it but secondly the uk when it comes to complaining about tv is the global world leader right (laughs) it's the fact that like there's always you always hear like though and there was you know, 50,000 complaints to the BBC because someone got their nipple out on TV or something along those lines. It's very British thing, complaining to TV stations. Yes. So uh, my, my favorite part about the entire article, which I am un- astounded that you left out, is the very last sentence, which is, uh, and in a sign that the BBC is destined to be criticized by all sides, 116 people wrote in to the corporation over the weekend to complain that it was making it too easy <laughs> to complain about coverage. <laughs> well, I mean, I, I think a lot of that, uh, <laughs> a, a lot of this, the BBC had a bit of a cleft stick here because if they hadn't done something like this, they'd have taken a bunch of hypocritical bashing from a bunch of newspapers going, the BBC doesn't care enough about our brave royals and all this kind of thing. And why aren't they more celebrating the uh, the life and death of Prince Philip? And so... Obviously, they decided what we can do is pander to those sorts of people, at which point it annoys actually everyone in the country who isn't <laughs> a, a, a yeah. leader writer for um, a newspaper owned by the BBC's biggest rival and who wants to get it shut down. So yeah, yeah, yeah. Th- they went massively overboard here, and it's really, really annoying, but that's what happens when you pander to sort of people who do that i mean uh, there have been a whole bunch of ridiculous things have you seen the thing about national rail no so the national rail website in the uk this is the official place you go to book train tickets all over the uk mm-hmm. um they made their whole website completely grayscale um uh to uh to express their uh their feelings about the death of prince philip and so oh, on give right. me a break well, first of all give me a break secondly this incredible act of political courage was managed by one developer writing filter grayscale in the css one line right <laughs> thing, thing number three a whole bunch of people went hey uh, i can't see very well and you've made it quite a lot worse now this website and the whoever's running the the national rail um twitter account replied and went yeah we can't read it very well either (laughs) we're trying to get it fixed (laughs) and then it it turned out that 
Someone thought up this idea for how they could show it. This is a very press F to pay respects kind of thing to do, right? Um, but it turns out that the idea of doing this had come up a couple of years ago, and the person who was the actual designer on the team at the time went, yeah, don't do this, because there are big accessibility problems with it. Turns out they just went ahead and did it anyway. So what we've got, really? what 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 we've got here is a bunch of what people who use the term virtue signaling wouldn't call virtue signaling because it's them <laughs> doing it. <laughs> and it's been it does. I actually it's been really quite just annoying. literally <laughs> while you were talking, I typed in virtue signaling to look up the definition. <laughs> I'm not joking because I was thinking this sounds an awful lot like virtue signaling, but I'm not entirely sure I know correctly what virtue signaling is. It is the action or practice of publicly expressing opinions or sentiments intended to demonstrate one's good character or the moral correctness of one's position on a particular issue. There's no other function here, right? Correct. For National Rail to do that. Like, there's there's much to be stated about, you know, celebrating. Like, we often see, like, celebrating women creators and black creators and things like that. That's all great. There is no goal. There's no benefit from them doing that to the National Rail website. No. <laughs> see, Eric, can you say Jono doesn't do any research for the show? <laughs> Real time research. I just did yeah. some right there. You <laughs> saw me do live research on the show. I believe. I believe the phrase you're looking for is not real time. It's just in time research. <laughs> 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 yeah, this is true. Yeah. So, um, uh, were you sad uh, as the other Brit on this podcast, Mister Language, about um, his royal princeness snuffing it about uh, about Prince Philip? Not particularly. I mean, he was 99. Um, they stopped him driving a while back. <laughs> And uh, this is a bloke who has been something in between indiscreet and downright racist for a whole bunch of his life and has shown not one iota of apology about it. So, yeah, it's fascinating watching. There's a, I don't know if either of you have seen The Crown, the TV show, but watching his life as it's depicted in that, which you, is you're, not, you're, not, you're, not, you're not allowed to watch it here. We got, uh, you get hanged. i mean that seems like a a very privileged life but a pretty pretty miserable existence like i can't imagine living that Ugh. so anyway all right so what's next (laughs) what's next in the funny news after the death of the queen's husband (laughs) (laughs) i'm probably not allowed back in england after that one (laughs) um i uh, i have one which is not really news but it was news to me and i thought it was really interesting you know when um people talk about sharding so if you've got a uh this a, is where you have a fart and it it's no <laughs> with a d sharding where you have a okay. a deployed internet service and you've got lots of different um machines running it so you can load balance across them or whatever and those are shards do you know why it's called sharding before your reference no. to this tweet i did not honestly no, um, this was um, the people who first came up with the idea were the people making Ultima Online, which was a massively morpig oh, yeah. game, right? A long time ago. This is like 2000 <laughs> or something. A massive memorpig. <laughs> it sounds like a Pokemon character. <laughs> it does. It's literally it, right? This is about the same sort of time as Pokemon. Um, and. <laughs> And they had the problem that if, every, <laughs> if everyone connected to Ultima Online, the server just went and fell over, right? So they went, yep. I know what we're going to do. We're going to have 
a bunch of basically different servers. So everyone can interact with everyone else on that same server, but not on different servers. But they didn't want to just go, well, this is just the way it is because we're rubbish at technology or because we're running all of this off of you know a big suite of Palm Pilots or something. So they yeah. wanted to come up with an in-world <laughs> justification for it. And so they said, this is a fantasy game, right? So they said that... Um, that what had happened was the gem of immortality had been broken up into different shards. And that's why you'd connect to one thing where you'd see some people, but not other people, because they'd be connected to a different shard. So this whole very serious DevOps word of sharding is actually based on the idea that the gem of immortality was broken up into shards. That is... (laughs) That is unbelievable. I, and the, uh, <laughs> I, I love that. I will, I, I will link to the tweet from um, the guy who was on the team at the time saying, yeah, we did this. I think that's really cool. That cheered me up. No it is end, really cool. I like that. that. Yeah. I love facts like that. That's such a great thing to share down the pub. Yes. Yeah. In fact, I'm, have you already shared this down the pub? Um, I don't think I have done, but I will make it a priority to do so. Sounds like a Bruce fact. <laughs> it um, does sound like a Bruce fact, actually. So, right. Wow. What's next, Jeremy? Sure, I'll I'll pick one that isn't as old as the one that I just removed from the doc, which was over a month <laughs> old. Uh, so this one is is funny <laughs> and sad, and something we talk about on the show all the time, which is how much people don't care about privacy. So, a researcher asked a hundred people whether a quote unquote reasonable person would unlock their phone for a stranger who was a re- themselves a researcher to search through it. Almost everyone said, absolutely not, which you would expect, correct? But then the researcher actually asked 103 people to do just that, as in, I am a stranger who is a researcher. Will you unlock your phone and let me look through it? Out of 103, 100 said, okay. Really? Which just reinforces people think and say they care about security and then don't. Yeah, this is, this is fascinating. So did they, they ask the question first? And then they said, actually, can you pass me your phone? And They asked it to a, a different look. group of people. The point was you They're say, different cohorts, yes. Yeah. It, it's different not, cohorts, okay. It, it's not about, um, do you think you would do this? It's what do you think other people will think about this? Oh, they, I see. They worded I the, the first question was, would a reasonable person unlock yeah. their phone and hand it to a stranger who's a researcher? Oh, and, and, and everyone thinks, yeah, people wouldn't do that. But then when you ask people, they actually go, yeah, fine, whatever. It's like um, uh, the BBC did a survey. Now, this admittedly was a long time ago, and I don't know if they've repeated it, but they uh, asked people at a railway station if they tell them what their computer password was in exchange for a bar of chocolate. And 70% oh, of people no. went... Yeah, okay. Bar of chocolate told in the password. Now, some of them might have been password lying. Password one, two, three. Yeah, yeah, yeah right. I'll just, tell them a, I'll just make up a password. I get a free bar of chocolate. Absolutely. Right. So I'm sure some people did that. But I mean, the, when I say this was well, but this is like 2005 or something. So people who weren't us probably only had one password at that point. And it may have actually been password one, two, three, if they were particularly secure. And it was almost certainly something that was used on every possible service that they signed up for. Correct. Right? Like, <laughs> that's great. So clearly what you need to do, um, if uh, if you want to violate someone's security, just go up and ask them if you can have a look through their phone and then possibly give them a dairy milk while you're doing it. Wow. That's amazing. Um, you know what's interesting about the whole phone thing is, I, maybe it's just me, but um, even... 
like there there is nothing incriminating on my phone right it's not like like some people take salty pictures and whatever else there's nothing like that on my phone but even so when i hand my phone to someone someone's like oh can i take a look at that and i hand them my phone my spine straightens and everything becomes tight because somebody else is holding my phone it's such an epicenter of my life whether it's communicating with people or you know whatever else how don't most people have that feeling like the idea of just handing your phone over to someone is just weird i mean the thing that i don't get is when i read this i read you know okay i asked 103 people to actually do it and 100 of them said no problem and i thought i don't believe you because i'm i find it that discombobulating the idea of unlocking my phone and handing it to someone else that i can't imagine anyone doing it let alone almost everyone who isn't me doing it no it's like would you hey do you want would you be cool with this stranger sleeping in your child's bedroom tonight uh you know what no (laughs) that level of discomfort although on the other hand maybe a hundred out of 103 people are fine maybe this is why airbnb are successful but it's i don't yeah i just fundamentally don't get it yeah no i agree yeah that's a very unusual disconcerting yeah and like <laughs> like jeremy says like uh, yeah that's actually quite sad thinking about it <laughs> yeah, so. it actually says it actually says here under, under the thing it's in the funny section and it says and it says jeremy maybe funny also sad <laughs> and it is <laughs> uh, although i'm proud of both of you for this segment for this particular part of the segment because neither of you has made any kind of smart Alec jabs about me putting my tax (laughs) returns in a shoebox, which I was expecting as soon as he started speaking. So, oh well, you know, maybe we've moved. Maybe we've moved on. It's a possibility, but we were trying to cross out old news. So, what we're supposed to have a go at you now about is the fact that you've got an iPhone and let everyone look at it. So. Yeah, it's all good. Well, this is great content. Anyway, um, should we move on? Shut up, I hate you. <laughs> People who I didn't even know listen to the show have started having a go at me about this now and using the word <laughs> about specifically content? to annoy me. <laughs> this is great. I did not know that. I'm, I'm very happy about this. Um, so did you see Microsoft have been on, Microsoft have been on a bit of a shopping spree um, and they acquired... Oh, they're, they've announced that they're going to acquire Nuance Communications for $16 billion or about $19 billion, which will include debt. So this is a, another huge, huge acquisition uh, from Microsoft. Nuance are in the uh, speech recognition space, and they did, well, or oh, they do. Do they still make it? Dragon, naturally speaking. Yeah, so they're yeah. known for Dragon. They also, a lot of people may not remember, they were the original uh, company that powered Siri, the first iteration. Oh, they were replaced many years ago. But um, I, Really? Yeah, I, I didn't know that. did not know this until looking at it. <laughs> but, um, it it's, but I didn't know the company was called Nuance. Were they always called Nuance? Or were they originally called Dragon? I that mean, I do not know. I, the last time I used Dragon Naturally Speaking would have been about 2003. You had to have that custom headset and train it, it, it for was, a it year was and a half. Right. I mean, this was back in the day when the latest innovation was continuous speech recognition rather than discrete, which meant that you could speak like this in a sentence rather than speaking in 
separate <laughs> words. So, I mean, that I was revolutionary that. back then, 20 years ago. Um, I was using, I was using it because I was working at a law firm, and the idea was that uh, this was another attempt for lawyers to go, we don't think we need secretaries. How about we just fire them all and replace them with software? And secretaries uh, going, dude, you have no idea how much work we do. <laughs> and, it never, yeah, and it didn't work, yeah. and it never worked, but it meant that I got to play with a bunch of speech recognition software, which was entertaining. So what's interesting here to me is it's all cash, which is pretty rare these days. A lot of companies are using their their stock. But it's also the second largest uh, deal under Satya. Uh, it's pretty – so 14 times Nuance's projected 2021 revenue, which is a pretty high multiple for a company that's – revenue has been pretty flat, uh, almost declining in some uh, years. So they, they've already restructured – multiple times over the last few years they sell they spun off a couple things they sold a couple things they really seem to be focusing more on cloud-based offerings so that's a it's a high multiple i'm curious to see what microsoft will will do with them yeah that to me is the question what do you think they're going to do with them that's the thing i found most interesting about this is this is clearly part of a broader strategy um microsoft are not in the um to my knowledge, are not in the smart speaker space or anything like that. And that whole market seems to have flattened quite a bit. Like, um, So I wonder what they're doing. I mean, this is a huge deal. $16 billion? That That is the thing, I think. I mean, what I think is interesting is these are people who've been in the speech recognition game for a long time. Yes. And I don't know whether they are now currently in the business of solving this problem the way Google and Amazon are solving it, which is that you get really good speech recognition by throwing 100,000 computers at it and then providing an API to it that everyone can talk to. But, I mean, Dragon was doing on-device speech recognition before there were devices. They were doing it 20 years ago, more than that. So I wonder whether they're still doing that and their technology is still better for sort of on-device work and that's a direction Microsoft want to go in. But, but I don't see why that would make sense because they're Azure and Azure is the thing they do now. Well, they say they say in um, the usual corporate puff piece thing that they put out that they're partnering with them or they're working with them, they're, they're acquiring them because they want to focus on industry-specific cloud offerings, specifically in healthcare. So they've got Microsoft Cloud for Healthcare, which was introduced last year. So, and I get that, right? Like Microsoft are clearly investing significantly in the cloud market, and I'm guessing that's going to be all kinds of compliance and certification, all the rest of it, to do with those individual industries. What I don't understand is what the hell has speech recognition got to do with that? Bear in mind that, um, yeah, um, Microsoft may not be buying Nuance for the voice recognition technology so much as the fact they already have fairly big inroads into a lot of medical places. Because, I mean, I wasn't joking about the, hey, why don't we attempt to replace legal secretaries with voice recognition software, which they were talking about 20 years ago. But the medical industry had exactly the same idea at the same time, and they're still doing it. Um, uh, Dragon, or uh, sorry, some software provided by Nuance is used quite a lot for transcribing doctor speech, whether that's from um, dictaphones they carry around and then slot into place or speaking directly to it or whatever. So you might find they're not so much buying their technology as they're buying their healthcare customers. But I wouldn't yeah, have thought actually, that they'd have that many. Wouldn't no. you want to buy um, someone else who's in the medical game? It's not my field. Maybe right? Microsoft but- uh, Sneaky really likes keyboards because they bought SwiftKey and Nuance <laughs> owns Swipe. <laughs> 
<laughs> they oh, acquired wow. Swipe years yeah. ago, yeah. So maybe Microsoft hey. on the DL is just trying to get, corner I've, I've, the market on I've worked, on it, I've worked it out. Like, right now, this very moment, I've worked it out I'm like Ben Thompson, but in real time, right? What it is, <laughs> is you know how they went, do I mean Ben Thompson, the Stratechery guy? <laughs> I subscribe right. to Stratechery, yeah. <laughs> um, what it is was about um, when Windows 95 came around, they went, you know what we're going to do? We're going to have a special key with our logo on it on every keyboard. And they could just demand that it happened and everyone had to go along with it because they were hugely powerful. But they can't do that on mobile phones. So what they've done is they've now bought, yes, yeah, Swipe. They've bought the other one. And Swift now key, yeah. what they're trying to do, Swift key, they're trying to put a Windows key on mobile phone keyboards as well on screen. That's what it is. <laughs> that, and yeah, I mean, I mean, that seems... <laughs> Plausible. It's a hard-hitting analysis. <laughs> I, 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 uh, I want to know what my Pulitzer Prize is for this deep level of analysis. Subscribe to a sub-stack. You know, um, <laughs> yeah, go to their website. I mean, obviously, obviously haven't been to their website for any particular reason in years. Um, and uh, probably went to a BBS when they were starting out. And um, yeah, they're all about the healthcare, like oh. AI. Yeah, and, yeah, yeah, I know they're I in that. I just, that makes sense now. Yeah, I, but I don't know what whether Microsoft buying them for inroads into that because I mean if you're gonna I, I can see buying a company because you just go well we'd like that particular customer base but this has got to be pretty strategic if you can drop 16 billion dollars on it it's the, the biggest second biggest did you say um, yeah LinkedIn was, LinkedIn was the first LinkedIn was what 27 was it Something and Microsoft like was 26. way smaller then so this you know what, is, I mean what was GitHub seven and a half Right. And then they and then they, and then they completed uh, Zenimax. That's seven and a half. So I mean, but how much bloody money do they have? Jesus, they're Microsoft, <laughs> dude. Loads is the answer to your question. But that's the thing. Um, you that's l- a lot of Visual would, Fox would you, Pro language would, licenses. Uh, you look, you look at GitHub, and they've bought Entree to the developer world as a whole. And I don't want to, you know, say well this particular market segment is important just because we're all sort of connected to it. But it feels like it does touch a lot of places. And so spending twice as much money on Nuance, and their technology is not that much better than what everyone else has got, and it's arguably not as good as what everyone else has got since when did you last see someone use Dragon, naturally speaking. Well, yeah, but that's the speech recognition stuff. Their healthcare, I'm guessing they've got all kinds of like powerfully mundane healthcare software that uh, people are using in healthcare applications because that's a hard market to break into. But it seems like given their focus on AI and speech recognition, Amazon and Apple and Google could all very easily compete here. Yeah. Yeah. And Microsoft are already in this game to some extent because of Cortana, as you say. It's not like they don't do getting at all and they're going, well, okay, we we have to jump to a standing start from nowhere and so let's acquire our way into the market they've already got stuff is it going away is it going to make it better or what don't know anyway <laughs> so that's yeah microsoft, microsoft by very, nuance yeah very in- very interesting Six, next? 16 billion dollars seems like a lot of nuance to me but you know whatever <laughs> <laughs> um did you see um the oracle versus google thing is Hopefully, finally over. Finally uh, over. Yeah, I mean, yeah. this was quite the a, a 10-year odyssey, I guess. Um, yeah. So for those of I you who- I honestly didn't oh, know it was still going. I thought it was done. Oh, no. So for, for those of you who maybe weren't following it as closely as some of us, Google won the original trial like 10 years ago, where the district court ruled that copyright did not apply to APIs. 
the Court of Appeals for the Federal Circuit overturned that decision, remanding uh, the question of fair use, which so it went back to the district court, who ruled that Google's usage was in fact fair use. The Court of Appeals overturned that decision. And then what happened recently was the um, this went to the Supreme Court, who declared that the usage of APIs was fair use. Now, importantly, they did not address in any way whether or not APIs could be copyrighted, right? They went under the assumption that they could. And the reason that they do things like that, especially the Supreme Court, wants to decide on the narrowest possible thing they can so that precedent isn't set if they don't you know, want to. So they didn't, it would have been nice if they said, no, APIs are not copyrightable. They did not even answer that question, although Clarence Thomas did uh, in his dissent say that they should have. So it, it's, I think, an interesting ending. A couple of the things that were said in the uh, in the paper and also in the dissension, I think, are a, a little bit interesting. One of the things that was in the ruling was Google copied these lines not because of their creativity or their beauty, but because they would allow programmers to bring their skills to a new smart form computing environment, which seems to set a little bit of a precedent as if your API is just allowing something that will be uh, competitive, but also um, work with something that existed previously, it is allowed now, which isn't, I'm a little surprised they went with that aspect of the ruling, but uh, compatibility was the word. Given that the Supreme Court write these things terribly, terribly carefully, they must have known what they were doing, the door they were leaving open for future lawyers to pick up and go, look, you said this, which implies this, this, and this. So that's got to be the intention is to lean things in that direction without actually pronouncing on it. Right. So, I mean, if I guess moving forward, if the purpose of matching an interface so that developers can re-implement something is clearly fair use based on this. Yes. I mean, and we... We have given Google quite a lot of shit on this program <laughs> from time to time. But for something like this, and admittedly, you know, it's not like they did it just in order to save the open source community or something, right? This What this would have done was basically let Google go, let Oracle go, huh, every time you sell, anyone sells an Android phone, we have to get $50 or something. So they're doing it out of self-interest. But nonetheless, they took this all the way. No, I, I can't think of anyone else who's even in a position to do that sort of thing. You know, Oracle, yeah. Oracle have got all the more money than there is sand. So, <laughs> yeah. I, I don't know where that analogy came from. Um, <laughs> so, um, so, it's really good that this happened. I, honestly, I'm pleasantly surprised at this. I thought we were screwed. I, I assumed that the court just wouldn't get it and, uh, and would go... Yeah, they sound copyrightable. And no matter how much people said, hey, do you understand how much this is going to utterly bugger up a whole load of stuff? We'd be sitting there after us going, we tried to explain. And they just did, like the um, sort of Lessig and the copyright thing, where all the arguments seemed very compelling. And they're just like, nah, we don't agree with that. Pff, gone. I thought it was going to be like that. And it wasn't. So I, I think the degree which with which a loss would have impacted the industry was slightly overstated by Google's communication department for obvious reasons. For obvious reasons. But it's, I mean, even if you assume that this is not going to mean that um, any time I write any API which uh, which attempts to stand in for another thing, 
that I'm not going to get shouted at because I'm not a big enough deal. I don't like the idea that what Oracle essentially did was bought Sun in order to strip mine them for intellectual property that they could use against other people. And I would like that sort of behavior to be discouraged, please. (laughs) It's in the same sort of... That's like a whole show there. Yeah, if you had like a big... um, uh, a big piece of paper which was a drawing of all the things I think this would be in the same sort of bit of the paper as patent trolls are in my yeah. opinion <laughs> well the thing is as well as um, I remember reading that um, Google did originally talk to Sun because of course this kicked off when Sun were a thing when, when, right? when, when Java was owned by Sun which is- I, I believe um, that the negotiations went into after Oracle acquired them Right, right. But my point is, is that um, when I remember reading that when um, Google were starting to build out Android, right, that they actually approached Sun about a licensing deal um, for Java. And and Sun said, we will, sure, we'll do this, but we want a whole load of control over Android, which seems like an unreasonable set of terms. No, so that, that was Oracle in the end said that, yes, you can have a license, but it means that a straight Java app has to run unmodified on Android because it's the Java runtime. It's only the Java runtime if Java apps run. And Google did not want a Java app. They wanted a specific subset of. Yes. And Oracle said oh. they, they wanted to be able to use Java to build Android apps, not to say that we're now a platform for whatever the hell anyone has written anywhere in Java, yes. which is basically, um, you know, when Steve Jobs... Uh, did I, did the whole thing about you should use web apps and the underlying message was kind of I'm not letting your unbeautiful apps screw up my beautiful platform. This is this is the Google very much more about design than engineering approach, which is we're not letting your horrible swing apps appear on our <laughs> on our nice <laughs> new phones <laughs> or AWT right. or whatever the hell. I don't even know what people use now for java oh jeez awt that's reaching back into the past a bit literally everything i've talked about on this show happened in 2003 (laughs) fits right in with jano's uh pending kindle one review (laughs) what was the other what was the other widget set not it wasn't mosaic there was what was that other ancient widget set that we used to motif is the word you're thinking of motif that's what i was thinking of you are really going back on that one Damn, motif. <laughs> wow. Um, and there's, a, a, everyone who's listening to this show who's not at least 40 is like, what the hell are all these ancient technologies these people are talking about? This is like water wheels or something. You're like, no. <laughs> 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 oh, that's so what do, you think, what do you think that Oracle, what do you think they were hoping for? Yeah. The Google would take a long walk off a short pier. <laughs> um, I mean, that they I, would get I, a piece I, of every Android sale in perpetuity. Yeah, is what they were hoping. Ab- absolutely, they were hoping. Yeah, do you think it was pure profit motivation? I don't think Does Oracle, Oracle got have any different- other motivation. Yes. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> I don't know. I mean, I mean, I think that these well, kinds of things happen often happen for multiple reasons. Oh yeah, I'll tell you, um, I'll I think what, I'll tell you maybe one of them. Reason. I'll tell you what the other reason is. What's the difference between God and Larry Ellison? Answer, God doesn't think he's Larry Ellis. <laughs> so, I mean, there may have been a certain amount of we'd like to crack the whip just to make other people dance. But, yeah, it's money. It's all. It's always money that, with Oracle. They've got a lot of it for a reason. Money and control, and they don't like to lose either. Yeah. 
The, the yeah. other thing, because this well, is one where we could get into fair, the, it's not just the Oracle. I, I fear we could get yeah. into the weeds on this one because, at least to me, it's an interesting topic. I think that they didn't set yeah. a precedent means it's not as far-reaching as it could obviously been in either direction. Yep. The one thing we should cover as a future show topic, I think, though, is I mentioned uh, Justice Clarence Thomas. He also suggested recently that uh, we should regulate tech platforms after a certain size, like utilities. And I think that's an interesting discussion for a segment. We didn't. Know, we is. talked about doing a show on the whole social media regulation, but we never did it. Did, did we? And, and this isn't just social media to him. Like it's just right. So this very no, much goes mean, into the Article Two Thirty stuff for sure. Yeah, I, I, I just mean that whole uh, area of what, regulation. What, what's interesting about this is we've suggested something quite similar to that suggestion in the past that these things should be treated as utilities, and there's a certain amount of. Uh, public required access to them and so on. And this ties back into Twitter banning people and things like that. I just find it weird to find myself on the same side of an argument as Clarence Thomas. <laughs> so this is like a new experience for me. It doesn't happen very often. So yeah, we should, yeah. Talk, we should talk about that. I, I, uh, people, if you've got thoughts about the sort of direction you'd like to see that discussion go in, we would like to hear them because yes. that's interesting, I think. Yeah. Yeah. On a on a related note, did you see that the world's biggest rabbit was stolen from a home in Worcestershire? <laughs> I'll be honest with you, I didn't until you put this in the list. Yeah, 129 centimeters, which for those of us on this side of the pond is over four feet, so quite a large rabbit. I mean, to be clear, there is so, a picture of this. I'll, obviously, I'll link to the thing in the show notes. It's a really big rabbit. It's a big rabbit. <laughs> Yeah, so I don't really have anything else to say about well, this. Well, I mean, uh, the, well, to be clear, the rabbit was awarded a Guinness World Record in 2010 for being the biggest of its kind, which yep. I'm sure cheered it up no end. Um, Do you think someone intentionally tried to break that record, like they're just using human growth hormone on rabbits? Breeding very large and- rabbits. It's... It's roided up rabbit. I was going to say, I, I, I confess, I didn't break my back researching the backstory for this particular story but <laughs> you know trying try, try to understand supreme court decisions and everything prepared to do that right ginormous rabbits not that worried if i don't fully understand the nuances here but yeah it's not at all clear to me whether it was born to the previous world record holder or whether it was born to like a perfectly ordinary rabbit or what <laughs> just a lineage <laughs> of large rabbits yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I mean, um, also, like... This whole discussion feels like it's the wind-up to some kind of big rabbit pun, and I can't <clears throat> think of one, and I've been trying. <laughs> yeah, I love the fact that this giant rabbit's also called Darius, which is such a <laughs> it's such an <laughs> epic name. <laughs> so why would anyone steal a, a giant rabbit? Largest rabbit stew coming to a Guinness Book of World yeah, Records. You know. I, I don't know. Bang, 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 <laughs> bang, hardcore. goes the farmer's gun. So, <laughs> yeah. Yeah, well, anyway, so if you find this giant, if you if you, if you spot a giant rabbit, if you're living around the Worcestershire area, um, there's a thousand pound reward. There is. Um, um, so, yeah, apparently this old rabbit's, uh, this, this rabbit's quite old and uh, can't breed anymore. So, you know, it's in the finer stages of its life. So go and find that rabbit. <laughs> we should put the the bad voltage community starts this epic, you know, hunt for to save Darius the 
massive rabbit. Oh, 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 this is not on the list. But um, yes, do you? You've just you saying this just reminded me of something which is actually relevant news. Do you remember? Uh, an online ARG or um, uh, reality game called Perplex City back in about 2006. No. It was one of the earliest ARGs. Okay. And... uh, you uh, to the point where you could go and buy uh, the, the idea was that you got loads of cards each of which had a puzzle on it and you had to solve the puzzles and there was sort of a message and there was a um a prize buried somewhere and the whole thing led towards clues for it this is like for those people who are as old as i am and possibly british this is like an online version of masquerade the kit williams book for example right um and the the uh, the the thing was solved, and a guy found the buried, you know, worked out all the clues and found the buried thing. And this is back in two thousand and seven. He made a website about how he followed the clues. It was a whole big community thing. Um, but there were three cards which weren't solved at all. No one had managed to solve them. Um, back then, and the thing I didn't realize, I vaguely remember per- uh, perplexity happening at the time, but didn't get involved. Um, but I didn't realize people were still working on these things, right? What? So the three cards that weren't solved, one of them was a thing, uh, was a card where you had to fight. They, they had a picture of a bloke on the card. And it said, uh, this man's name is Satoshi, but not the Bitcoin guy. It's fairly common. I was say. Not the, it's obviously not the Bitcoin guy. Unsubscribe. <laughs> uh, yeah, just a, um, uh, a fairly common Japanese name, apparently, which I didn't realise. Um, I did not know that. Uh, but yeah, it was just a picture of him, and you had to find him. That was it. And the idea behind the card was that they were doing it, the developers of the game, were doing it to test the whole sort of six degrees of Kevin Bacon thing, that everyone would go to all their mates. Hey, have you seen this? they go to all their mates, and eventually you'd find him. And they did find him, but like a year ago or something. <laughs> and And whoever found him emailed this bloke and went, are you the bloke? And he's like, yeah, I am the bloke. Wow. I was supposed to tell you a password, but I've forgotten it because it was 14 years. <laughs> 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 so I was very the second, wow. one, the second one, which is a lot more impactful if you know anything about maths, required you to solve the Riemann hypothesis, which if you can manage to do that, you win a million dollars because it's the biggest unanswered question in mathematics. And how the hell they just stuck it on this card and went, solve this? Lol. <laughs> Seemed a bit unfair. Really? But the third one was a sort of a cipher thing, and it got solved really recently. Huh. And I thought it was amazing that people, this is like the Cicada 3301 thing or something like that, right? Yeah. But they've been working on it for... I think it was 2006, 2007, this game came out. So that's 14 years of obviously a subreddit <laughs> working on solving this that's problem. Amazing. I, thought was, I thought it was really cool. It reminds me of uh, years ago. When I feel like this is a community <laughs> example which might show up in a future book or something. So <laughs> I'm not a bit of an idiot. I. No, don't know what you're talking about. But yeah, <laughs> I think it would be a good, a good example. So there you I'm go. glad we're recording this. Um, <laughs> it reminds me of years ago, there was um, a group of people that tried to go and find the... Do you remember the Goatsy guy? I do. <laughs> and a bunch of people <laughs> trying I mean, to find him. I don't know why. Again, uns- but- unsubscribe. <laughs> I, also, more importantly, I feel like you didn't have the best angle to recognise him. <laughs> There are going to be some, as you said earlier on, there's going to be some 
young'uns who are going to be listening to this show are going to be wondering what we're talking right, about. Now, Search to be clear, for. Do not type that into Google. Yes, Under any circumstances, type Google Goatsy. It. No, do yeah. not do it. And we're not joking. We're not saying this so you will do it. Yeah. Don't type it this in. This is not reverse psychology. Just don't. You don't need that in your life at all. <laughs> no, I still Did, I'm, wake I'm up now, in cold sweats. Was there sweats. a point to this terrible no good story? Morbidly curious. <laughs> Did they find him? I don't think so. No. Um, um, I remember, you, you, I think you know him, Jeremy, but do you remember Benjamin Mako Hill? Yeah. He was at Canonical. Yeah. Um, so Mako was telling me that years ago there was, a, there was like a conference called RuffleCon, which is all about memes. Okay. And somebody was oh, in- Oh, that sounds con- so annoying. Can you imagine it? <laughs> <laughs> And somebody alleged to be in touch with the goatsy guy, and they were hoping that he was going to come to RuffleCon no. and stand in like, like, wow. like a you know, like a blanket where you can only see the shadow. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, did, but it didn't happen. Have either of you ever seen uh, John Oliver's Last Week Tonight? Yes. So uh, do you know how time, if yeah. he's ever yeah. talking about Parliament, they're not allowed to show that clip in the UK because you're not allowed to show Parliament. Yeah. Session. I kind of wish oh, yeah, we could yeah. do the same thing, but for Earth and that last segment. Or whatever. <laughs> not even segment, whatever. That last news bit. <laughs> if we could just block that out from Earth as a region. So if someday someone's listening on Mars, they get to hear this nonsense, but everyone else, it's just some snippet. Okay. Uh, Wouldn't it be great? Yeah. We have, there'll be someone like someone at SpaceX decides, you know what? <laughs> right. We should etch another gold disc. Let's put that episode of Bad Voltage on it. <laughs> So aliens <laughs> on the planet Zanussi get to hear your thing about the goatsy guy. This is remember, remember where you heard it first, coming to you soon through your um your uh, your podcast listener of choice, region locked bad voltage. Yes, <laughs> will be next. So I did have one actual uh, news item that was a, yes, a, a bit of a follow up to a previous long discussion that we had. So I know we're running up on time here, but I figured this would be a good yes. one. So China actually did create its own digital currency. We had talked about whether a major country would do this and it, it has happened. oh yeah so that that alone is interesting that it was china is not surprising because it gives them all kinds of control but the the thing that we really didn't cover and didn't even really think about was a use case that now has come up because of the pandemic with with all of these uh, stimulus packages going around and governments giving money to citizens in a way that really hasn't happened this broadly before one thing that they could do now is instantly do it because they wouldn't have to wait for intermediaries or checks or banks or anything. But they could also say, you have to spend it in the next 90 days. You can't put it in the stock market. You can't speculate. Like they could actually control and shape how it impacted the economy, which is an interesting use case that we had not discussed. Yeah. I mean, I, Mm. as has been mentioned on the show before, I'm not great in the economic stuff. So I don't, I haven't managed to understand exactly what the deal with this is. Like, can you just go into any shop and say, I want to pay for this with this, and they have to let you like they do with real money? Yes, because it is right. currency from the central bank. Yeah, yeah but but that's the point. The, the intention is absolutely this is just parallel to the same as the currency you use, the women be or whatever it is. Yes. Um, right, okay. It's I mean, just, that's isn't that a gargantuanly big deal? I mean, I, I'm curious to see how it's implemented at a technical level, but also interested interested to see how uptake is. 
it could be a massive deal. Yes, for sure. I mean, presumably, if they don't like the uptake, this being A, government-backed, and B, backed by the government of China, they could just go, now everyone gets paid in it. Yeah. <laughs> so, so here's, here's t- how you out, get to It turns care. out uptake is great, right? If you, have, if you buy anything with the letter F in it, you have to pay for it with this. So, <laughs> it's... <laughs> um, yeah. yeah, I mean, it seems like this ought to be earth-shattering economic news. And it seems to be being treated almost as a kind of, huh, interesting sort of vibe. I, I think people, people, people are taking a wait-and-see approach. Yeah, I, I, what, I, what I couldn't really get to the bottom of was whether that's because people really don't think it's that interesting or because everyone is holding off to see what happens next. But you're suggesting it's the latter. I think it's the latter. And I think it's especially what they will do. Like they have the whole one road, one bridge plan. Like if they put this into that plan, would have interesting repercussions for across country borders. Like there's a ton of interesting threads that are right now all maybes. And until they become a thing that's happened, it's really just speculation more than anything else. And this is is pretty different. I mean, Signal have just invented invented their own cryptocurrency for stuff which is really annoying um but that's different to this because that's them going well you should do this and i think if they try and push you too hard a bunch of people just go well you know you're not the only um secure messenger in the world you're just a well-known one so maybe we'll go somewhere else but it doesn't work like that if your government decides to do this exactly Yeah, I mean, I think probably maybe why this isn't being talked about more as well is I feel like in the last five years or so, seven years, like economic and financial related news, I suspect for years, I would not really looked into this myself, was just quite dull and fairly predictable. But in the last five or seven years, it's become really crazy, right? Where whether we're talking about Wall Street cryptocurrencies, money stuff, and it's the whole new world. So. So, like, uh, yeah, I think people are like, okay, whatever. Everything, anything's possible at this point. <laughs> so, you're not wrong. Should we, um, should we do a couple more and then we'll wrap it up? Yes. We, we got some left. What do you think is the most interesting one for us to talk about? Well, one of the things that I thought was interesting was actually one um, Jeremy mentioned about subscribing versus following. Mm. So, the idea here is that um, a bunch of people, 47% of people, think that. If you uh, if you ask to subscribe to something, that implies that you might have to pay for it, and I think that's reasonable. I don't know whether I would be in that forty seven percent, but I'm fairly close to being in it. I think. Yeah, I mean, really. I understand the idea. Of, you subscribe to an newsletter. You subscribe to an RSS yeah, yeah. feed. Yeah, yeah, totally. But uh, this is what I say. I don't think I'd necessarily be in that thing, but it certainly makes me think. Do you want a subscription to this? I will think. If I don't understand the technology, I will think, huh, does that mean a paid subscription or not a paid subscription? You know, I, I don't yeah. know how I make that determination. If you said to me, do you want a subscription to this newspaper? I think that's because you want me to pay for it. Do you want to subscribe to this RSS feed? The answer is no, but that's because I understand the tech. If someone said to me, um, are can you. I, can uh, you hold that thought for one second? One second. Is someone repeatedly punching a dog in the face where one of you two, where one of you two has got this dog that's just been? Rah, rah, it rah. is outside my house. I don't know. 
what's going on. <laughs> that sounds like a oh, great working environment to be in. <laughs> I, I hadn't said anything because I assumed it was Jono's dog and someone was playing basketball No, I have been muting my microphone <laughs> repeatedly, but... Yes. Okay. Uh, anyway, sorry. Carry on. Ma- Marius is sitting there individually deleting dog noises from the background, <laughs> like line <laughs> by you line. Again, Marius, but editing the show. We love you, by the way, Marius. Thank you very much. Um, you completely derailed my train of thought. Now, oh yeah. Um, so, so, um, subscriptions. But if someone said to me, um, "Are you going to get a subscription to Clubhouse?" And then said, do you think that that means that that would cost money or not? I wouldn't know. I wouldn't know whether that whether a subscription to Clubhouse, in quotes, would be a paid subscription or not. And my inclination would be, yeah, that's probably a thing I'd have to pay for, not knowing very much at all about Clubhouse. So yeah, the word is, is used think, in multiple different ways. That's yeah. why I think 50% of people think this. Because if you ask me about something I don't understand, I tend to lean towards, yeah, you probably mean a money thing here. So, hmm. Interesting. what Apple are doing is they're not talking about subscribing to a podcast; they're talking about following a podcast. Yeah. So now, do you have to follow a newsletter on Substack? But then, if you actually pay for that newsletter, you have then subscribed. <laughs> it's the thing I I don't understand is I don't know how you can get as far as looking at the list of podcasts in your Apple Podcast app. And think that they all need paying for. Because I figure if people were like, oh yeah, I've heard of these podcast things, but I bet you have to pay for it because you subscribe to them. You wouldn't have got as far as seeing the button, which now says follow. But well, maybe this is a bigger picture. We want to change yeah, the language it, around this as a whole. It also depends on how they ask the question, right? So if 47% of people think that subscribing means you have to pay for something, what they may be, may be saying is, what it what i immediately think is it means paying for something but i understand that it's used in different contexts right so yeah you subscribe to a youtube channel right you don't pay for that right but you are basically saying i'm a viewer right you subscribe to the new york times then you're paying to get the new york times I'd, i i this is language right language is using lots and lots of different ways i don't think they can ultimately try and fix this because they can fix it on apple but there's still going to be, like, YouTube are probably not going to change it from subscribe to something else, uh, like, the, you know, follow. The, the flip side of that, though, is um, Apple have a pretty good track record at defining the language we use around stuff. We do a podcast. What is it called, that? Yeah, but to be fair, <laughs> Apple, I mean, they basically invented the segment, right? Podcasting wouldn't have been a thing if it wasn't for the iPod. That's one of the reasons why it was so so prevalent. But we're talking about... I suspect quite I mean, a few people would disagree with that assessment. Of, I, history, I, I, of course, yeah. but you uh, you cannot disagree that the reason why podcasting became so successful and such a thing was because of Apple. I, right? I would disagree. Yeah, I don't, I don't think I don't think it was the iPod. I think it was iTunes, and more importantly, having a directory. Of course, yeah, <laughs> yeah. That's what Apple did. I'm, yeah, I'm yeah, not yeah, talking totally. about specifically the iPod. My point is, no, no, is no, that no. Apple it's, it's okay. basically it's okay. did that. It's okay, Jono. We're not having a go at Apple. It's fine. Don't worry. <laughs> <laughs> that was i gotta say that was well placed <laughs> that was genuinely well played fuck you uh, but, but yeah i mean I, I i think it's interesting it'd be interesting to see give it a couple yeah. of years i mean should we start saying why don't you follow bad voltage 
To me, that feels like what you get is like, it sounds like a sort of a Patreon thing or something where you get a bunch of behind the scenes weirdness, which we don't, no one wants that. Well, the other thing as well is the word follow could infer that you are a, um, just a, you know, you're heavily in support. Like when people talk about, in a religious context, the followers of Christ, right? It was that they, they those people were students of his teachings kind of thing, right? So follower could infer that it means that you are just unilaterally supporting a thing, which I don't think is the case. A follower implies a leader, yes. A lead, yeah, exactly. Ex- that's exactly it, yeah. Um, I don't I, To me, these kinds of things are kind of pointless because language has many different meanings, yes. right? I, I, I enjoy... Um, playing impromptu music with people, and I also enjoy putting stuff on toast that makes it taste delicious. That's what jam is, right? So I, I could work out where you were going with that, but yeah, absolutely. <laughs> okay, so um, go and tell your friends that you should bargle floop the Bad Voltage podcast. <laughs> That's what we should do. We've got as much pull of Apple, right? Yeah, <laughs> we've got much pull on bargle floop. Can we? Um, and that bomb show. Can we? Can you name this show Bargle Flooping the Podcast? Oh, man, now I have to write it down. Hang on. <laughs> Just because Bargle Floop is now going to be on the internet. Is it? Uh, let's look it up. Is, is it? Uh, this is. What, what, what's that guy's name who did the um, two words you have to put together and then there's only one Google result? Oh, the Google bomb. Dave Gorman. Dave Gorman. Yeah. <laughs> so there this, is. There's, wow. Bargle Floop. I'm spelling it B-A-R-G-L-E. F L U P E. There is two hits. Oh, I was both I, of which I, are in twenty six hundred. The Hacker Quarterly. I'd make it F L O O P, but ni- nice F L O O. Yeah, but nice. On, n- n- nice to know that Crash Override was there before us. Amazingly, Bargle Floop appears again in twenty six hundred. Wow. Okay, so over <laughs> over, over to our hacker correspondent VM Linners, Jono. <laughs> <laughs> Wow. Jeez, there's a joke. That's my no, second no ever username. My first care. one. My, sec- my first username was Axemaniac. Axemaniac. I knew that one as well. That's not as funny. <laughs> yeah. I used to say, I also used to say cool. K E W L. But that's because it began in a K, right? And you were obliged to by the KDE projects, I'm assuming. <laughs> <laughs> anyway. Anyway, wow. We're really going down a random yeah, avenue of investigation. I, okay. Um, I feel we're done unless any of you wants to pick up one more thing. Absolutely not. No. <laughs> no, I think I think I think it's time to tap out. Yes. Excellent. Well, gentlemen, this has been a, a pleasure. Um uh people of the internet, go to our community and let us know what you think. We've covered a lot of ground today. Is there anything in particular you two want to hear from our community? No, I'm good. <laughs> <All right. laughs> I, I can't follow that up, so no. All right. Well, we, in other words, we don't care what you think, but please continue to bargle floop our yeah, podcast. But thanks for listening. So, bye. Bye.